0: Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. Every year in the province of Ontario, tens of thousands of people injured in a motor vehicle accident turn to health service providers for rehabilitative care. Over 20,000 physiotherapists, chiropractors and massage therapists provide essential treatment that helps people heal and return to life. But this critical care may be in jeopardy thanks to the heavy hand of the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario, the regulator charged with overseeing health service providers, which appears more interested in promulgating red tape than patient care. Joining us today to discuss the challenges facing health service providers in Ontario is Dr. Scott Wilson, a doctor of chiropractic and founder and chairman of Physiomet one of Canada's largest and fastest growing chains of healthcare clinics. Dr. Wilson, thanks for joining us today on RegWatch. Thank you, Brent. Pleasure to be here. Dr. Wilson, according to Transport Canada, there were about 110,000 injuries from car accidents in Canada in 2021. What types of injuries are they and how debilitating?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because when you think about a typical chiropractic practice or physiotherapy practice, people think of sprains and strains. Um, Obviously, if you take it a little bit further, you get into fractures. But there are two other major components that have kind of layered into this. And certainly, we see it more and more. It was always there. But like anything in our culture, this has become extremely prevalent. One after the last few years, what we've gone through, and certainly in sports. And those are the mental health and concussions. Without getting into an anatomy lesson, the strains and sprains, especially on a whiplash, now you throw in the potential of concussion if there's an impact. Now you're really – and that impact can happen when a head hits the back of a, a seat, the top of a the, the seat, there's or the airbag you're adding a whole bunch of layers, not to mention, you know, the obvious uh, areas of back, mid-back and knees, which is quite common.
0: Now, how challenging is the journey to recovery for these types of injuries?
1: Extremely. I mean, first of all, I mean, from the patient recovery standpoint, you're often, as I said, dealing with a complex amount of uh, symptoms and signs But what also is interesting and is very, you know, uh, important in anyone's prognosis is what was the predisposition of this person? So imagine I'm just a passenger in a car and all of a sudden we get into a car accident. Maybe it was only 50 kilometers an hour. It may not seem like a lot, but if I'm someone who already has a predisposition of neck problems, or I already have a chronic low back, or I already have knee issues, the exacerbation or worsening of these symptoms become very prevalent after a traumatic car accident. And think about it, it's trauma. Now you've all of a sudden exacerbated them. So now these are worse, they take time. And what's what's important is it gets difficult at the clinic level because we're now having to, especially when you're dealing with a passenger who's not at fault, now you're dealing with the insurer and looking at the viability of how is this person's care going to be paid for? And does the insurance company truly understand the underlying predispositions?
0: Before we dive into those issues, which is exactly what we're talking about today, Dr. Wilson, let's take a moment to discuss your background and physiomad. How long have you been practicing and how big is your company? Thank you I've, uh, I'd like to
1: think that I'm staying young every day I I graduated in 1994 so I've been a chiropractor for 29 years. Um, I started straight out of straight out of school in private practice. I really started molding physiomed as a chiropractic clinic back in the 90s. That was one of the first clinics in 1999. To actually incorporate physiotherapists with chiropractors in the same domain. It was always very much a physio clinic and a chiro clinic. I brought them together in an interdisciplinary model very early, um, recognizing a lot of overlap, but also skill set differences between both of our groups. And it worked extremely well for our
0: patients. So, PhysioMed is one of the largest chains providing this type of care in Ontario, over 30 clinics over 400 employees, doing millions of dollars a year in business. Yeah, we,
1: yes, we do. We have, as you mentioned, 400 employees. We do, you know, well over $26 million in in revenue. So we're a a large company and we're growing. About 80%, 80 to 85% of my patients are actually not MVA. We do a lot of MVA patients because of the nature of, we have 30, 31 clinics in Ontario, um, but a lot of our patients are the the extended health benefits, sprain and strain. So we understand that those people getting into a car accident, what that transition is like. It's not like we just do MVA and don't understand the predisposition of
0: sprains and strains of other conditions. So, Dr. Wilson, you must have a well-informed opinion about the way in which your industry is being regulated by FISRA the financial services regulatory authority of ontario what's the biggest challenge that you have with this regulator
1: <laughs> let's see well first I, I want to preface that by saying that I, I mean given that i started in 1994 i've seen iterations of the different bills that have been passed uh representing the statute of accident benefits sabs these you know iterations are often reviewed and have been reviewed, usually every five to seven years. And in there, around 2014, FISRA, which was previously FISCO, it was FISCO came on board of uh, Financial Services Commission of Ontario, which then converted to FISRA. I think the biggest issue, if I want to start at the very, very top red and work my way down, I always begin with why. Why? Why are they here? Well, first of all, no fault insurance was brought into Canada in the early 90s. uh, Very early 90s. It might have been in 90. Um, It could have even been in 89. But it was I believe, Bob Ray. And for now, that's 24 years later, plus or minus, you're bringing in this regulatory body that's governed through the Finan- the the Ministry of Finance, not the Ministry of Health. What's confusing is why is that being done? And in conversations that I've had, because I speak to my association, I've spoken to you know presidents and so forth. The membership in the like meaning the chiropractors, the physiotherapists, and certainly the public, they really don't understand who Fisra is and what they're doing or why they're there. And this is even people like myself. What do we know? We know that because of this agency, we have to use one portal to bill through called HC. We know that fees are set by FISRA and haven't changed since 2014. Yet our own college, which is the College of Chiropractors of Ontario, They regulate us, and our association, the Ontario Chiropractic Association,
0: sets out its own fee guide. And they're not the same. Dr. Wilson, there are challenges with billing, correct, when it comes to the motor vehicle accidents. Let's just zero in on that. The FISRA regulations are only about uh, injuries that happen through auto vehicle accidents, and that, that means your treatments are only for those MVA patients. And that's why Fisra is regulating this. What are the billing challenges that happens?
1: It's so. Yes, you've really hit on a uh, an important point, Brent. I mean, so what happens? And this is a, an Ontario. This has been part of the SAB since the very beginning, and Fisra is not making it any easier. But it has been in place since the beginning before Fisra. Unfortunately as it's written currently the priority of payments of uh in, when someone is in an auto accident even if you're a passenger and i'll draw an attention to i'll draw an example to that goes OHIP first extended health second extended health being workplace benefits if they exist and then the auto insurer now chiropractors used to have OHIP coverage so you can imagine prior to 2003, when we had coverage, you could imagine how, how difficult that was because you had to get a small amount from OHIP, then go through the extended, then go through to the auto-insured. But at least we weren't on one platform, which was HKi, which isn't a platform that is necessarily integrated with every CRM or, 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 or system. So in, in a lot of cases, just without talking about the extended health right off the bat, you're in the process of double entering things. You have to bill it in your, your software and then bill it into the HKi Now, there are some softwares that integrate, but it doesn't matter. It stands on its own. Number two, over in most chiropractic clinics, I would say over 60% of those patients have extended health benefits through their work or through a spouse in their work. And you have to get paid and prove that you've been paid or not paid through that benefit bucket before you can then submit your treatment to the auto insurer. Now, consider this example. You have a, uh, you're a, let's say, you know, it's you or, or let's even say one of your children is a passenger in a car of your neighbor going to their hockey game. And your child happens to have a, a chronic off and on low back condition that they've been seeing a chiropractor, or physiotherapist for. The majority of workplace benefits, Brent, they expire or they renew in December. Let's take let's take an accident that occurs in February. I'm a passenger. My my son's a passenger in a in a in a car in a car, or my daughter is a passenger in a car and boom, there's an accident. It exacerbates or it makes the low back worse. They're feeling discomfort and their knee. That passenger, that child now has to go to the same chiropractor that they've always been going to and start to get, use up the extended health benefits in February until they're maxed, until they're maxed. So if there's $500 $500 or $1000. They have to use up all of that first before the auto insurer pays. Now consider this. Let's suppose through therapy uh this child is feeling great, getting themselves back back to uh you know normal ADLs, activities of daily living to the point that they're able to engage and get back into their into their world of of playing hockey again. Okay? Now it's August. There's no more extended help. They're playing hockey. They get a little bit of bump into the boards. Their knee is sore. They go to see their chiropractor. We have to charge them out of pocket. Out of pocket. And the parent will say to us, I really don't understand this. I've got benefits for this. Why are my benefits not helping my child with this injury they had playing hockey? But yet, as a passenger in my neighbor's car eight months ago or seven months ago, I had to use up all those benefits. It makes absolutely no financial sense. It is not fair to Ontarians. And more than anything else, it's it's a, it's arduous paperwork that slows down the care we want to give because we've got to figure out how to bill? Who to bill? Which percentages to get? If there's a coordination where both spouses have coverage, it goes through the one parent, then it coordinates to the other parent. It, it absolutely has no place in the auto in the auto insurer world, and in fact, it's not saving anyone money. If if the auto insurers are thinking they're saving money, this this benefit is actually meant to be accretive to what they would call a minor injury, a minor injury guideline. So I think that there's a lot of ignorance under uh, in, in the world, but certainly the public. Ontarians don't understand this until they've been into an accident. Practitioners clearly do not have, they do not want to see this happen because they've got a regular patient who gets into an accident who wasn't even at fault. And then they get to the point where, how much extra time, resources of cost, are going into collecting and coordinating those those benefits. So if FISRA, or because FISRA is our our regulator for just car accidents, which we'll get back to in a moment, as to, you know, that makes no sense because you're subrogating a group of our patients into a regulatory body, you would think they would see this as something that doesn't make a lot of sense For Ontarians, they're representing to be able to say, hey, let's look to amend this, because it's only going to help Ontarians. It's going to take out a lot of red tape and a lot of admin uh, issues at the clinic level. It's going to allow us to be able to focus on care and not focus on admin, which will clearly benefit the patients.
0: Yeah, and as we mentioned in our previous coverage uh, a couple of weeks ago on this, I mean, it's also the physiotherapist too as well. It's not not just chiropractor. Yeah.
1: Anybody in the chiropractors, physiotherapists, um, uh, psychologists, because now more people are going to psychologists and if they are having a regular psychology, like I'll touch on that for a second. People aren't thinking, there's a lot of people now using psychologists. They've got regular sessions and a lot of insurance companies have given further coverage. All of a sudden you get into a car accident and you layer in a fear of driving and that comes into play. You got to then start eating up all those added visits, which really had nothing to do with why you were there for your original issues. And that's where I think there's a there's a huge disconnect, not to mention it's not fair to the employers that pay into these programs because they're actually being penalized because they may even have some employees that don't use their group benefits who now have to use their group benefits because they got into a car accident. So as an employer, we have 400 people. If I've got a plan where I know there's a penetration rate of X and people are getting into car accidents, X goes up and it costs everybody more money. And it's really only benefiting I don't even know who it's benefiting. Seemingly, they think it's benefiting the auto insurer who's raising rates every year. I think if you were to get to the, why do employers provide these benefits? They're doing this to have healthy employees. They're certainly not doing it to subsidize or in any way co-pay those that are in car accidents or passengers in car accidents. It makes doesn't make any sense And the government really needs to look at this because this is
0: hurting the Ontarians. So the issue then around this workplace insurance, this extended health benefits being billed first, it creates additional billing costs, it destroys margins for the clinics and the clinic owners, and car accident claims under workplace insurance depletes the workplace benefits for other injuries. It sounds like a sweet deal for the auto insurers.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I believe and I, I think that uh, the the FISRA committee that just got, um, they added a bunch of people to the FISRA, you know, uh, I don't know if it was advisory committee, they, they are all previously in the auto of their insurance business. There's no one. I mean, not that it should be me or anyone else, but I don't see anybody, anyone on the FISRA committees that come from uh the practice or the you know the, the the field of chiropractic or physiotherapy zero they're all from the insurance they're all from the insurance
0: industry you have that right fisra forms new committee to reform the auto insurance system in ontario this is just a couple of week back weeks back the financial services regulatory authority of ontario welcomes 15 new members to its technical advisory committee Yes, and so unfortunately, I mean, do you think that it's possible that they're going to have your concerns in mind? <laughs> insurance, insurance broker, Allstate, Intact, TD Insurance, Travelers, Desjardins, Aviva,
1: all the way through here, every single person on here has come from insurance. So this is Fisra. Where, where are they going to be sitting in making changes? This is not about making decisions on any one given car accident this is not about setting case law policy around what should and shouldn't be paid this is about you know a regulatory body that is to be working for the people that it governs and in that group sadly and inexplicably are chiropractors, physiotherapists, massage therapists, and psychologists and so forth. Consider this, insurance agents are governed under FISRA. Mortgage brokers are governed and regulated by FISRA. However, real estate agents, very close to mortgage brokers, They're not regulated under FISRA, they're regulated under RICO, the Real Estate Council of Ontario. Okay, makes sense. Chiropractors, we're governed under the College of Chiropractors of Ontario, the CCO, which is a regulated health agent, like a college, that it's a college that is is regulated through the government. It's got a regulation, it's got mandates to protect the public. So... Why is there another layer on chiropractors or physios who have the College of Physiotherapists of Ontario, but not on, say, real estate agents who have RICO?
0: It's strange, Dr. Wilson. According to Transport Canada, injuries from car accidents have been cut in half over the past 20 years, from 220,000 in 2002 to 110,000 in 2021. Yet auto insurance premiums in Ontario continue to skyrocket in some cities rising as much as 37% in just the past two years. If there are less injuries and your fees have been frozen for 10 years, where is all the money going? So this
1: is a question that no one can really answer. And it, it gets back to what I was saying, which is, what is the why for FISRA? The why that can be answered to an Ontarian? practitioner or even an insurance broker or not a broker I apologize even an insurance uh adjuster because we deal with them as to why and who's because at the end of the day these types of questions that you posed as to why are rates going up why are why are insurance companies continuing to continuing to rise where is the data otherwise to show us exactly you know, the costs of these, when there's half the accidents, half, and where is the comparative data? And more importantly, what is FISRA doing and reporting on as it pertains to chiropractors, physiotherapists, massage therapists? I don't see it. I don't know of any complaints committee, which we have in the College of Chiropractic. I don't know that we have a discipline committee, which we have in the College of Chiropractors. So there's a process by which if the public is truly felt feeling that their practitioner has done wrong, so consider this, Brent, patient comes in from a car accident and something goes wrong with their relationship with their practitioner, say it's a chiropractor, whatever that could be. a a professional misconduct or something went awry, enough that that patient wants to make a complaint. Where are they complaining to? They would probably complain to the College of Chiropractors of Ontario. Why? Because they license us. They hold our license. And there is a very articulated process of complaint and discipline throughout the CCO. Where is that in FISRA? I don't see it. I've never seen it. And I've been around... For 29 years, FISRA has been around for the past or in its previous state, Fisco has been around since around 2014 as as regulating us or co-regulating us. Going back to the why question, so why are you here, FISRA? Well, there's an annual review fee, or if you will, an annual fee that we have to pay every year to allow us to bill on their system. So consider this. We have a regulator. In the CCO, we pay a flat fee. I don't practice anywhere near full-time today, but my fee is still the same as someone who is full-time. If I have six clinics that I practice out of and I see thousands of patients from a part-time practitioner, it's a flat fee. You pay for your license, very fair, very understood. Do you know how it works in FISRA? <laughs> With FISRA, you have to annually report how many people co- through the HCI billing system was a payment administered for. You got a payment on through through HCI, the HKI portal. There's a flat fee that's paid, and then $15 per patient per year that uses it. So if you had you know, 100 patients, that would be 1,500 pay for the year that had a car accident that received a payment, that would be $1,500 plus the initial, which I think is, I don't know the number off the top of my head, about 200 bucks, 100 and something. So you've got a variable model that ties in to the number of claims that you get paid on. Does this sound like a licensing body? Does this sound like a college that has a flat amount? So where is that money going to maintain the portal? If it was the portal, like any other software, (laughs) they would say, you have to use the HKI portal. It's $200 a year. That's what you have to pay. You have to join FISRA. You have no choice. It's $500 a year flat. This is what it is. And by the way, this is what FISRA does. This is what FISRA is looking at. This is the complaints process this is our auditing this is what we found this is what we're holding the insurers accountable for in terms of monies that have been dispensed versus collected to know why your rates are going up none of this is happening
0: it sounds like any monopoly enforcer relationship they want a piece of all of your business and you better comply
1: and it's and it's and it's Pro rata to how busy you are. Could you imagine? So the I've got to pay more to see more patients. Yet <laughs> they in the actual you know the the kind of when we think about how we run our practices, we don't look at practices as we're going to penalize busier places or make them pay more because they're not necessarily receiving more service. It's a flat right. It's a right like any other regulator.
0: Yeah, no. And what it does do is, you know, so say for patient A, who you may have billed that year $200 for the $15 flat fee, right, is a much larger chunk of that patient's billing than if it's somebody that you billed $1,000 for. So it makes no sense. The actual, what you're paying the regulator has absolutely no connection to any kind of reality. It's just a chunk that they're taken out of your business
1: a hundred percent and it and again it's not only inconsistent with other regulatory like regulatory bodies it's redundant it doesn't have process i mean i would i would love fisra to put out with these 15 new people all of the all of the hearings all of the adjudications. I mean, where's the transparency in our world to have that? Now, no, I will say, we do get updates which sent to us, but it's the majority of it is on mortgage brokers, insurance agents, these sort of things because they don't have a regular, they don't have a regulator. It makes sense. So when I'm reading through a lot of the a lot of the information Fisra sends, it is very very rare I get anything. That's talking to me as a chiropractor for my practice, other than pay your annual fee and, oh, maybe we'll consider a fee raise, but we haven't done that since 2014. And, oh, what happens then when a patient comes in who they're, you know, they are a regular run rate, sprain strain patient paying out of pocket or paying through their their work benefits. And their spouse happened to get into a car accident. I now have two fee guidelines to direct myself to. The College of Chiropractors is very, very is very, very clear on two-tiered billings and not billing different amounts all over the place. This invites it.
0: Dr. Wilson, I think the Ontario Provincial Government's priorities are becoming clear here. Fizra is a new regulatory agency, it became active in 2019 when it took over for the now defunct Financial Services Commission of Ontario. The provincial government updated the Insurance Act, amending several schedules directly governing your industry. In 2019, they amended Service Providers Public Registry, Principal Representatives, Business Systems and Practices, and of course, Licensing, and that's where they get their money from you. But the one schedule they left untouched is service providers listed expenses. And this is the all important schedule that governs your rates that you can charge. has not been updated since 2014. What are your thoughts? So, I mean, this is exactly where
1: you get back to, why is that not being done? And who is FISRA truly representing? At the end of the day, as I had mentioned, you know, we all want what's best for Ontarians. We want what's best for, obviously, the care they're going to receive. We also need to be in a marketplace that makes sense for clinics to be able to provide that in a seamless, you know, fair manner that is obviously in line with inflation. 2014 is nine years ago. And, and clearly, if they've done all of these other updates and left this one alone, and you have 15 new people who come from the insurance and insurance background, where is the advocate at FISRA for clinics, for practitioners? And again, if the response would be, well, we don't need one, then what are you doing regulating us? What are you doing overlooking us? In the College of Chiropractors, we have chiropractors on the board in positions. That doesn't mean there aren't non-chiropractors there. There are, but it's not proliferating with you know those that don't know. Clearly, if Fisra sits in the middle, it should be you know in a position where it's representing clinics, insurance companies, and most importantly,
0: what's best for the public. And that's clearly been lost. And Dr. Wilson, just to hammer the point home, here is the minor injury guideline, which is the actual rate sheet and rules governing payments for rehabilitative care in the province of Ontario. This is directly from the regulator website, which is FISWA. but yet look at the cover page, it's from the financial services commission of Ontario, which has been defunct now for four years and this is still the guideline from 2014?
1: I I don't, again, you know, when you're dealing with a regular a regulator who is supposed to be meticulous in their function, whatever that function may be, again, it makes absolutely no sense it has us involved. And if there are lo- these kind of oversights, I can tell you, and I'm, you know, for those that are at FISRA, they can take a look that when, we paid our 2022 uh, annual fee. When you submit it, it actually says on the submission, submitted to FISCO, the Financial Services Commission of Ontario. It still says that on the cover page. I have it. So here you've got a regulator that doesn't even have its back end set straight years later, years later since it's been in place not raising fees, at least at the level of inflation, not corroborating with the associations as a kind of a quick sidebar, because I think the public will understand this fee the most. I believe for massage therapy, I don't know the exact number, but it's about $55 per hour. There is not a massage therapist registered in Ontario That would be doing massage therapy for one hour at $55 or a half an hour at you know $27.50. Yet this is the guideline by which massage therapists are having to bill under in order. So they can't. I mean, so that you know, soft tissue injuries versus massage therapy may is very, very it's almost not almost, it is impossible for them to be able to make a living and pay other bills by doing this. So You know, when you look at that, it gets back to the whole, what is FISRA doing? How transparent are they in whatever they are doing? And what are the effects, positive effects? What's positive that's come out of FISRA's uh, oversights that is making a better uh, system for the public Certainly not helping when you got to use your worksite benefits. It's not helping that our insurance rates are going up, yet we have half the accidents as we did 21 years ago. It's not helping clinics that they have to, you know, have a double regulator have to use a, a, a portal that's in some cases not integrated to their EMR or CRM, you know computer systems not helping that we have to do paperwork to get paid through double or double insurers or triple with coordination of benefits with a spouse. It's not. And I guess the frustration is who's going to change this? You would think that FISRA as a regulatory body, just like the CCO does for the chiropractic chiropractors, when they recognize things need to be changed, they're constantly evolving and changing bylaws, changing regulations, staying current with what's happening in the world, because they have certain process and they also wanna be very fair. Their role is to protect the public. That's what they need to do. What is FISRA? What's FISRA's role?
0: It sounds to me like FISRA's role is to protect the pocketbooks of the insurance companies.
1: And hence 15 people on their, 15 people on their new committee on auto accidents are all from the insurance on uh, the insurance
0: industry and all, all of these fees too Are this is not government paying health service providers for uh these procedures this is what essentially the auto insurance industry is 100 they're they
1: are going to be advocating you know to keep the rates lower on the payments yet as you alluded to the rates of auto insurance is going up every year so you know, you don't need to be an accountant to ask for the transparency on this to understand rates are going up, auto rates, accidents have gone down. Okay, uh, fee guides have not changed, and you're getting, let's call it, a subsidy from extended health. I'm I'm not getting it. I'm 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 truly not understanding it. And 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 again, it's not because. I don't believe it. I'm ignorant to it. FISRA hasn't put anything out to explain this because they're not holding anybody accountable. Even And that's where I guess, you know, when you look at uh, practitioners, and as I said earlier, many practitioners have no idea what FISRA does other than I need to pay this fee for the right, for the right to use the system to get paid, which is a redundant system, to get paid 2014 rates on patients, in some cases, existing patients of mine that get into an auto accident in Ontario. It makes absolutely no sense. And it's one where even in speaking to the associations, it's a head scratcher. And so I think the real issue is who is changing this and who at the government in Ontario is going to look at this system, look at FISRUP. And using the example, as I said, about a real estate agent, they've got RICO, they don't need to be on FISRA. We've got the CCO, we don't need to be on FISRA. So what needs to happen here then? Unfortunately, I don't think enough people recognize the the issues that are here until they get into a car accident. And then when they get into a car accident, they're like, I can't believe this is the process and this is what happens. Because it's not told to you. You don't know it unless you're in it. But unfortunately, it exists. And that's my business. And I have to deal with this on a daily basis. So at the level of every Ontarian that gets into a car accident daily, hundreds of people, they will all one by one by one realize how ridiculous this system is. And I can only hope that the government of Ontario makes those changes because, you know, I'm confident they do want what's best for Ontarians, but at some point something needs to be done and it needs to be done at FISRA. And and from you showing earlier, when you elect 15 people all from the insurance side, it doesn't sound to me something's going to be done that's going to be favourable to the payers, meaning the public who pay the insurance companies their increased rates. And the providers were trying to get paid uh, an, in, an inflation, at least a, a CPI-driven uh, value around
0: our treatment for these for these injuries that we're treating. Dr. Wilson, if nothing changes, what impact will this have on patient care in the province?
1: Well, we can already see it. I mean, ever since, um, well, the last year, inflation has gone up it's gone up and 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 i think that this is something that the ontario government certainly the ministry of finance has to recognize that we as a province and as a country have not experienced inflation for quite some time like this so now that we're going through inflation what does that mean brent well it means that our employees want more need more employees need to be paid more because their costs are going up food gas shelter all of it As those go up, but what we're billing doesn't go up, margins get squeezed, add in the added administration. All of a sudden, these cases, these car accident cases start to become, oh, I don't really want to take one. I don't really want to you know, have that. I mean, I think I told you, the majority of my business is not car accidents, but we have hundreds, thousands of them because of our number of clinics, but a lot of them we have to be able to do a lot of, it's, not, it's never free care, but we have to do a lot of um, bending to make sure that everyone's happy. We need our employees to be working you know, happily in a place where they feel compensated. We need our patients, most important, to be getting better from the treatments that our employees provide to them. And in the end, for the business to sustain, to provide this treatment and pay these employees, The owners of these businesses have to make a profit or they're not gonna be able to open the doors. Clearly, the government needs to make decisions as to are they in the business, as a government, of doing the right thing for the public, for Ontarians. And if they are, someone needs to get up in the helicopter at a thousand feet and take a look at this system and say, where are the benefits and where are the pitfalls? And which is and which is outweighing? And right now, to an average Ontarian, all they're seeing are pitfalls, and all you see is money going to a regular a regulator who clearly has the insurance company's best uh, interests at heart.